You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Well, Father, I thank you for this series uh, entitled Love School. And I thank you for your unconditional, unfathomable, never-ending eternal love. And I thank you, Father, that we've had this opportunity to learn what it means to live in the center of your unconditional love, that that is a life, Father, of joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost, that we have been destined, Father, to receive your love, to live free from judgment, Father, and to agree with you, to agree with the gospel, to agree that we are redeemed, that we have been proclaimed innocent from your perspective, Father, and that all that's left to do is enjoy you, enjoy ourselves, enjoy our life, and love others the way that you do. And so today, Father, as we wrap things up, I just pray, Father, that you would make today's message very, very clear, Father, that you would make it actionable, that you would make it a revelation for each and every listener that father these uh that this would become a way of life that we would live apart from eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we would feast on Jesus we would feast on all of the treasures of the heavenly realm father and that we would not get distracted by uh, the natural realm, Father, we would not get distracted by our own unrenewed mind, Father, but we would transcend. Uh, the old man, Father, and we would live in union with Jesus and we would abide in the vine, Father, in that place where we are just receiving and releasing all of the beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit. So take us where we need to go today, Holy Spirit, lead and guide us in the truth, into the truth that sets us free. Father, enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we can know the hope of our calling. We rely on your grace, Father. We rely on you, Holy Spirit. You are our teacher. So think through my mind today, uh, speak through my words today, Father, and uh, let's uh, bring this home together uh, as we all abide in union with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. I am going to do something a little bit different today. And so I want to start out just by talking briefly to the folks that usually get these broadcasts via my podcast. And I want to invite everybody if you are not a member of our Path to Purpose group in uh, on Facebook, that you search Path to Purpose uh, with Shalise on Facebook and you uh, join this group because I'm going to be doing some props today. And so seeing some things on the video of this particular broadcast is going to be super uh, helpful. And I also kind of want to also let everybody know that we are in the process of launching. We're very early stages, but we are in the process of planning uh, a launch for a YouTube channel. So in the not too distant future, you guys, all of these recordings will be available not here just in the Path to Purpose group, but they will be being published to a YouTube channel so that those of you that are visual learners and like to just go binge on YouTube, that'll be easy for you to do. So as always, by the way, if you want to support that project, support the project, you can head over to Shalise.com. There's a donation link there. Um, this podcast is made possible because of our generous don donors and partners. And so I encourage you guys, if you are not partnered with the ministry and you believe in this message and you want everyone to detox from religion and detox from the separation of God, please prayerfully consider partnering with the ministry, partnering to get the word out to as many people as possible. So 
We um, are going to be doing some props today, but before that, let me do kind of a little bit of an intro here. So we've been talking a lot, right, in love school about the unconditional love of God. We've been talking about agape. We've been talking about the very nature of God, that God is love. Love is a is a is who God is. It's not just a feeling, but it is a person. His name is Jesus. And love lives inside of us. We are one with love. We are one with Jesus. Uh, you could actually transpose anytime you see the word God in the New Testament or you see the word Jesus in the New Testament where you see Christ in the New Testament and you could insert the word love. In fact, it's incredible to do that um, because it just it starts to really uh, make uh, the point of the gospel and make the point of our existence come alive when you read the scriptures from that perspective. So um, let me kick off today with a scripture that we've been reading uh, throughout the, the series, but it's just a very simple scripture. It's the scripture that says God is love. And I wanted to jump off on that today. And then we're going to talk about how to really transcend our, our old man, how to, how to get, you know, our, our old man has been crucified, but how do we live a crucified life where we are not living out of the old man, but we're living in the center of God's love. So in first John four, eight, this scripture says this, not to love is not to know God. There is nothing in love that distracts from who God is. Love is who God is. They are inseparable. Okay, so I'm reading that from the message translation, and it's so powerful because what is really, what really what it's trying to say is that if you are not loving, then it just means you don't know God, that the nature of God is love, that God is love, and love and God are inseparable. They are one and the same. And so if God is love and we have been recreated in Christ, born anew, uh, grafted into Christ, placed inside of Christ, if our life is hidden inside of God, if, if, if as Jesus is, so are we in this world and we, you know, take the word God out of that and we start to put love in that, right? Then love in us is the hope of glory. As love is, as Jesus is, right? As love is, so are we in this world. We are here to be a manifestation of God's agape love as we live in union with him. And so in this podcast, we have, you know what, we have talked a lot about the hindrances to love. We have talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We've talked about human judgment. We've talked about that judgment and unconditional love are mutually exclusive. They are two very different trees, right? One puts us in a place where we become judged, where we believe that we have a self that is independent from Jesus. It is the root of separation from God. And as a default program, most of us live the majority of our lives living out of this false identity from this separated self. And we operate independent from love, independent from God, meaning we set ourselves up through our own fallen perceptions that operate through our unrenewed mind to be an independent judge. And so we go through life uh, judging ourselves uh, with a, you know, from the law's perspective, we judge ourselves righteous or right. We judge ourselves good. We judge ourselves wrong or unrighteous and we judge ourselves as bad. 
And then we do the same from everyone else. I mean, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil is primarily a perception. It's a perception of an independent self that exists independent from God. And it is a perception, a, a way of viewing the world primarily through our five physical senses where we just by default go around judging right and wrong. And we try to be good. We perform to be good so that we have self-esteem and that we can uh, be acceptable to God and be acceptable to others. And so we set up this conditional love-based way of being inside of ourselves. And then we relate to others through this independent self conditional based way of being. And so the gospel is an invitation to detox from all of that. It is an invitation to step into, not in, instead of being separate, it's an invitation to step into oneness, into union with Jesus. And this is the purpose for which Jesus came. In John 17, Jesus prayed that we would be one as he experiences oneness with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, all throughout scripture, we talk, you know, we hear about this, this union and about this oneness. We, there's one spirit, one baptism, one body, one new man. There's neither Greek nor Jew. There's neither male nor female. There's no separation. In Colossians, we read that God has reconciled himself to mankind, that God was in Christ reconciling the world, reconciling the cosmos to himself. And so separation in all of its forms is a, an illusion. It's a deception. And to say it another way is that separation from love is an illusion. Separation from one another is an illusion. And so love is this state of oneness and peace and unity that exists with God and the human race. And frankly, all of the cosmos, the entire world is being held together by Jesus. So another way we could say this is that love is the cohesive force of the universe. Love is what holds creation together. It is what, it is the force of life. It is God himself. It is God who is Jesus, who is the, is love and he is holding all things together. And so today I want to talk about a little bit of visuals to help. I want to, I want to share a few visuals I think that are going to help you because I've talked about this. I've talked about the fact that we all grow up in a fallen world system. And from the moment we are born, really the moment we are born, we don't have a, a concept of ourself as separate. Um, we just don't have that level. We haven't, you know, felt our own toes yet and, and started to associate, oh wait, a me and an I, right? And then we, you know, you hear about, you know, the terrible twos or toddlers, mine, mine, mine. So there's this, this programming that happens over the course of our lives that trains us to live separate from one another, separate from God and identify with a self. And we form a self-concept over the course of our lives in a fallen world system that creates a me. It creates a self. It creates a definition of self known as our self-image or our self-concept. And the problem with this fallen world system programmed self is that it is a complete deception. It is a complete illusion. And the way that I like to um, visualize that or the way that I represent that many times is with um, a rubber band ball. And so many of you have, have seen one of these balls at the office supply store before, right? It's just a ball of rubber bands. 
And when I first started hearing the voice of God, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I started hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. One of the very first things that he spoke to me is he is a very funny thing. He said, you've got more problems in a math book and you cannot solve them all at once. And when he said that, I mean, I had two immediate visions in my head. One was like a math book in the sense that it's filled with problems. And if you know anything about math, uh, you start with very simple concepts and then you build on those concepts, right? You start with numbers and then you start with addition and then subtraction and multiplication. And then you move into algebra and geometry and all of these other advanced mathematical topics, meaning that you know, you you can't even solve advanced problems without understanding simple things. And in one sense, that is very much the way our self-concept is also developed. It starts out pretty simple and then it gets more complex. It's like nested problems based upon solutions of previous problems. And then also the second image that I got was an image of this rubber band ball. And I knew when I saw this rubber band ball, that the real me, which is innocent, the real me, which is joined to God, had been obscured by all of these rubber bands. And these rubber bands represented lies that I had believed about myself over the course of my life. And trust me, every single one of these lies that gets wrapped around our true identity, right? Every single one of these lies is steeped in separation from God. In fact, that capacity to judge independent from God is how we start out. And our subconscious is so crazy in the sense that we're like a sponge when we're growing up. And so the people that we surround, you know, that we're surrounded with, our parents, authority figures, that kind of thing, they just continue to tell us, you know, what is true, what is right, what is wrong. And we just absorb these things without even really um, having the, the ability to uh, know the difference between truth and falsehood. And so the subconscious is really neutral, right? It, it, it processes a lie and believes a lie or imprints a lie at the same way that it does imprints a truth. It, it has, it's neutral. It doesn't have the ability in and of itself to discern right or wrong. Okay. So we just believe these things. And as we go through our lives and experience things throughout our lives, we form judgments. And I've used examples of this before. And this is so, such a big problem when we are trying to discover our purpose because your purpose is not designed for an unrenewed old man. It's not designed for someone who you believe that you are. It's designed for who you really are. It's designed for a son of God. It's designed for someone who lives in union with Jesus. It's designed for your true identity. And so what happens is over the course of our lives, this self believes all kinds of things. One of my favorite examples of that is like someone who's called to be a public figure or called to be a public speaker or called to have, you know, has a message that they want to share. Well, that can be true about you, whether you have the image of a public speaker or not. And many times what happens is somewhere in our childhood, we get programmed into believing that we need to hide, that it's not safe to be seen. And God forbid you stand up in front of the class one day and you start to read out loud or you give a presentation and, you, you know, your classmates laugh at you or make fun of you. What happens is we make these determinations. We, we believe these lies about ourselves that guess what? It's not safe to be seen. 
I'm not a public speaker. And we begin to form an identity that is absolutely not congruent with who we are in Christ. It's not congruent with what we're called to do. And we live out of a false concept. And so this little rubber band ball is a way to think about your unrenewed mind. It's a thing. It's a way to think about all of the, all the choices, all the decisions, all of the judgments that you've made about yourself, about your identity over the course of your life. And the Holy Spirit is the one that leads and guides us into all truth. So when he was saying, I've got more problems than a math book, I think another way of saying this, is I believe more lies than, than I can fathom. And here's the thing about this rubber band ball. If, if someone's trapped in the middle of this thing, you know what? There's no way to get, no way to get out from the inside. The person that is stuck in this programming is not even aware of this program until you really hear the gospel and you begin to wake up and you start to realize that this is not who you are. But the point is, is that our perception comes from um, this lie-based identity, our judgment, the way that we are, the frequency that we carry, all of these things come out of this unrenewed mind until we begin to wake up to who we are in Christ. Now, I have another prop, which is my little my little Jesus doll. Okay. If you've ever seen one of these, this is a, a nesting doll, right? And the reason I like to use it is because it's a beautiful picture of union. <clears throat> this is one of those dolls that have, you know, dolls inside of it. You can take it apart. There's multiple dolls inside of it. So what I like to say is that if this is Jesus, right? We know the scriptures that, that, that our lives are hidden in Christ, that, we, you know, there's no condemnation for them that are in Christ. And so what that means is that if you, if you want to find you, You've got to look inside of Jesus. And so as I open up this nesting ball, it's kind of like, look at you. You're hidden inside Jesus. When I take the, the top off of Jesus, look, ah, there you are. But the thing about Jesus is that you're not just hidden in Christ, but guess what? Christ is hidden inside of you. And so the beautiful thing about these dolls is, is that I can now open you up and look, there's Jesus. He's inside of you. So you, Jesus is in you. And you can put him inside of you and then you can put you inside of him. And so I call this the Jesus sandwich, but it's a beautiful representation of what union looks like. And this is the true identity. This is, this is the true identity of who you are. So if I open up Jesus and find you, and then I open up Jesus, I mean, I open up you and find Jesus. Well, guess what? If I open up Jesus, look, there's the father. Oops, it fell apart. Let me do it again. If I open up, <laughs> it's one of the things about the nesting dolls is that sometimes they fall apart. Okay. And now, of course, I can't put it together on the fly. Let me do this. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it. Okay. So if I open up you, okay, there's Jesus. Again, Christ in you. And then if I open up Jesus, look, oh, there's the Father. And if I open up the Father, oh, look, there's the Holy Spirit. So this is a beautiful picture of the fullness of the Godhead actually living inside of you, which is living inside of Christ. And there are so many scriptures, right? We live and move and have an, have our being inside of God. And so this is a picture. I mean, it is a multidimensional reality of union with God. And this is the real you. So now we have these two, two us's, right? We have the real us, which lives in union with Jesus. And then we have this little rubber band ball that represents who we've programmed to believe who we are. But here's the thing. Your purpose is not made for the rubber band ball. Your purpose is made for the nesting doll. Okay. And so what do we do? Right. Many times we just fight between these two, right? We've heard the gospel. We, we on some level believe that this is us. 
But on some other level, we believe this is us. So what do we do? It feels like this constant battle. Well, the reality of it is, is that we are designed to abide in Christ. We are designed to live in this place of of union. And this is true about us, by the way, whether we realize it or not, whether we are aware of it or not. And what I was teaching last time is that the doctrine of inclusion says that when Jesus was crucified, he was crucified as, as every man in the same way that everyone was affected by Adam and the fall of man happened through Adam, that every man was affected by Christ, that God was in Christ reconciling the rep, the, the rep, rep, uh, reconciling the human race to himself. So we have become new, a new creation is here, but the gospel is, hasn't been preached to everybody. So even though this is true from God's perspective about everyone, this is why uh, God told Peter, arise and eat, arise and eat. And Peter was like, I'm not going to eat unclean animals. And God said, don't call unclean what I have cleansed. So from God's perspective, the human race has been proclaimed innocent, but they are ignorant. That's what doc- darkness is. It's ignorance of your redeemed identity. It's ignorance of who you really are. So here's, here's the thing that I really wanted to get to today, because we're talking about love. And so this unrenewed you, has been programmed to believe that love is conditional. It's been programmed to believe that it's separated from love. But the new man lives in the middle of God's love perpetually, united to God as one. So what do we do with this with this situation, with this paradox, right? Well, we reckon ourselves dead, okay? It means that we just have the ability to live out of our new identity, even though we have an unrenewed mind. And mind renewal is what is the process, right, of transfiguration. It's the process of believing the truth about who you are. And when you believe the truth about who you are, guess what? You operate out of who you are. But this is not a fix up of the old man. Okay, what this is, is it's a transcending of the old man. And what you are renewing your mind to is this reality that you can live above your unrenewed mind, that you have the mind of Christ. And the way that you live above your unrenewed mind is you become non-judgmental about your unrenewed mind, meaning that you begin to be an observer of your unrenewed mind instead of just living in your unrenewed mind. See, There is a way that we have been created as a spirit and we can observe our thoughts in addition to thinking our thoughts. In fact, I've done lots of, uh, you know, episodes around this, you know, becoming a watcher and learning to have an awareness of our thoughts. And that is one of the major mind renewal truths that we need to believe, that we are not our thoughts, that we are not our unrenewed mind. And we need to come out of judging our unrenewed mind and simply observing our unrenewed mind and gently, whenever we fall into those lies, reminding ourselves and observing ourselves, making those judgments, making those meanings and thinking those thoughts. Because here's what happens. We, for the most part, are not perceiving out of our renewed, our renewed, uh, perception. 
Most of us are living out of the, the mind. Most of us are living out of, not out of our spirit, but out of our mind. And, you know, in Romans 8, it says to be carnally minded is death. And so when you be start to become aware of your thoughts and you become aware of your unrenewed mind, now you can begin to embrace and love yourself the way that Jesus does. Because remember, this is who Jesus died for. You, He died for while we were trapped in our sins, while we were dead in our trespasses, while we were living separated under the illusion of being separated from God, alienated from God, Christ died for us. So who did Christ die for? Christ died for this image that we created in our minds of who we are. So this is worthy of love. How do we know? Because Jesus accepted it into himself. Jesus crucified that, of course, in himself. But just know that it was for his love for us and for his love for the condition that we were in, unable to save ourselves, is the reason why Jesus died. And so judging this, condemning this, the Apostle Paul says, put it off, put off the old man. He doesn't say re-crucify the old man. He doesn't say condemn the old man. In fact, there's no condemnation for them that are in Christ. So what do we do with this old man? We just simply take our focus off of the old man. And we do that through non-judgmental observation, you guys. You can absorb, I mean, I'm sorry, observe your thoughts. You can uh, observe your emotions. You can observe triggers that come from your unrenewed mind. And you can become curious about these things, not rejecting them, not denying them, not ignoring them, but simply uh, becoming curious about them. And the Holy Spirit can unravel this little ball for you as you do that. He can, he can help you understand why you believe what you believe, where that came from, and he can lead you into the process of mind renewal. In fact, in Emerge, it's one of the reasons why we do what we call these rapid mind renewal sessions. We do five of those for all of our Emerge students during the, the course of our work together. Why? Because as you step into these sessions with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit starts to unravel all of this mess. He starts to bring up things that you believed and when you believed them and starts to shine the light on those things and say, listen, that's not true. You simply judge that apart from me. And as those lies begin to fall away, guess what happens? People begin to ascend. People begin to actually realize that they do hear God, that they are one with God, and that they can live from a place that is above the unrenewed mind. And they start to distrust their unrenewed mind, right? We start to now become an observer of it and curious about, gosh, what is that coming from? Why, where, what is that thought about? And you can become, you can get to the place where you can just live in the stillness of the spirit. You can live in a place where thoughts don't mean anything about you, except that it came from programming. And you can begin to disassociate from the old man. So your spirit is the observer of your unrenewed mind. That's why to be spiritually minded, you have life and peace, but to be carnally minded is death. So there are two minds at operation here. There's the mind of the spirit and there's the mind of the flesh. There's the mind of the human. And so these two, you know, things oppose each other because they are not of the same uh, material. And, you know, there is the fruit of the spirit comes from where? Our spirit. It comes from our renewed, <laughs> who we are in Christ. It doesn't come from 
human effort. It doesn't come from the unregenerated man that still lives in our minds. It's, it doesn't exist. It's simply an illusion, but it's alive to us in our programming. So why did I want to share this today? I wanted to share this today because I, I, you know, when you get this revelation, you guys, first of all, it gives you permission to just rest in the love of God. It gives you permission to stop the blame game, to stop constantly being at war with yourself, playing the, you know, there's like three people inside of us. There's your spirit and then there's this judge and then there's this accused, right? There's accuser that's in us. There's this accused that's in us. And then there's the real us. But when you are in this, this habit of just living out of your unrenewed mind and unaware of who you are in Christ and, and not, not conscious of your union, not conscious of abiding, not conscious that there is a place of freedom every single moment that we can abide in Christ every single moment. Well, then we live under this illusion of separation and we live at war within ourselves. And then we project it out to everybody else. Because what happens if I had like a bunch of rubber band balls here, I could say that most of us are relating rubber band ball to rubber band ball, unrenewed mind to unrenewed mind. And and meanwhile, there's a real you that isn't even connecting with the real person on the other side. And we see people based upon who we kiss, who we perceive them to be in the flesh rather than who they are in Christ, whether they realize it or not. You guys, faith stands for people's true identities, even when they're acting out of their true nature. But when you begin to see the human race as people who don't know who they are or operating out of their programming, that they are triggered when they are acting um, unloving and uncaring. I mean, to me, when I look at, you know, social media, for the most part, like if you are friends with me on Facebook, you see, I don't, I don't do a lot on my personal page. I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know, participate a lot in it because most of the things that I have to say for most people where they, where they are living right now, it's going to be, it's going to be judged through a, a mindset of separation. It's going to be judged through the mindset of where they are. And even on, you know, even in my social media pages, I mean, people are constantly like arguing about different things that I say. And it's, it's just not conducive to love. It's not conducive to waking people up to who they are uh, because of things like cognitive dissonance and the things like the backfire effect that when you actually share a truth that is when people are living in their unrenewed mind, there is resistance to that. There's resistance to even seeing anything new. So waking up to our union with Jesus is my primary purpose. It's it's what I'm, I'm here to do. I'm here to wake people up to say, it's not even you. You are a new creation. And there is a place, you guys, where when you get this, you can begin to love people in spite of it. Meaning that when there are, you know, conflicts that arise because people are relating to one another in their unrenewed minds, you just see it for what it is. I mean, this is the, the state of our politics today. And you guys, my goodness, the Christians, I mean, Christians are so caught up in this rather than transcending it and just realizing that this is a this is a world system problem. It's not a Republican problem. It's not a Democratic problem, it, Democratic problem. It's a it's a it's a world system problem. And the kingdom lives in the place of perfected people. And when we relate to one another with unconditional love and we uplift people, then we're now in a place where we can help, we can help humanity evolve and transcend and wake up 
to the truth of who we are in Christ. So I used those props today because I wanted you to get a little bit of a visual about these two identities that are at war in our members. And I wanted to also just share with you that God loves people. He loves us. I mean, even though we're operating out of these unrenewed mindsets, guess what? It doesn't change his love for us because he doesn't see us as the rubber band ball. He sees us as a new creation in Christ. The question is, do we? Do we wake up in the morning and actually wake up? Do we wake up to the reality of our union with Jesus? Do we transcend the material realm? Do we, do we put our thoughts on things above the higher reality of the kingdom way? Do we vibrate from the frequency of union with God? Do, is our hearts filled with love for ourselves, for our neighbors? Do we look at people through the lens of judgment or do we look at people through the lens of love? Because you guys, there is a way to live in love with people, even when people are not acting lovely. Because when you are not in agreement with who someone is not, you can honor them for who they really are. And honor is God's nature towards us. Love and honor and ascribing worth to others is the way that God operates in his agape love. He ascribed worth to us when we didn't even know our own condition. He ascribed honor to us by dying a death so that that problem could be eradicated. The greatest honor that, that God ever gave us was his blood. And when we recognize that and we start to get a, a, a discernment around these, this, the fallen system and the kingdom system, you guys, you can begin to operate in a love for humanity and a love for the world that Jesus has. And love, the love of God is designed to come to, to constrain us. It's designed to control us. It's de designed to be the center of our lives. And so we can love people. We can even love our so-called enemies because we understand that everyone is living under the illusion of separation from God. So this is a life-changing revelation to realize that you can observe your thoughts, that your thoughts and your unrenewed mind do not define you. They just define your programming. And you can begin to lovingly uh, get out of the business of judgment and just embrace. You can love those parts of you that are acting out of the programming. You can love the wounded self. You can love the parts of you that have yet to wake up to the reality of your union with Jesus. And guess what? You can begin to love other people the way that you're loving yourself. And we talked about that in a previous episode, you guys, that we can only love others to the extent that we love and accept ourselves. And although our unrenewed minds aren't who we are, unfortunately, most of us are still falling back into those mindsets, into those behaviors all the time. And it's not until we wake up and stay awake to the reality of our union and abide in Christ that the old man begins to not be a, a, a ruling force in our lives. We can simply, oh, there it is again, put it off, put it off. We put off the old, we put off the thoughts of the fallen uh, programming, and we put on Christ. And when you when you understand this, you'll begin to read the Gospels differently. You'll begin to read the epistles differently. You'll begin to see that it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a, just a revelation of how new creations think, of how new creations love. 
that greed is not a part of our new nature, that selfishness and that we're one with one another, that what I do affects the whole, that the body of Christ is is connected to the head and that we, we can come out of warfare mindsets. We can come out of blaming everything on the enemy when you realize all he has is deception and the lies have already been programmed into us. And so we become like little robots. So beloved, this is a it's worth sitting with this revelation. Heck, it's worth going and getting a rubber band ball and keeping it on your desk like I do. It's worth going and buying some nesting dolls. I probably need to have some of these made that, I don't know, look more a little bit like Jesus or something. But the point is, these props help me. They help me remind me of like, guess what? I'm not my unrenewed mind. They help me remember that I am living in Christ, that Christ is living in me, the fullness of the Godhead is living in me, and that I can come back to that awareness. I can come back to that union with Jesus, and I can just abide in his love. I can abide in his love for me. I can abide in his love uh, for others, and and I, I, I am overwhelmed with love. Because this is such an incredible thing. The gospel is so beautiful. The gospel is freedom. The gospel is the, the, the way of escape, not from hell in eternity. I'm not saying that, but hear me from the hell that we live in every single day through our unrenewed minds. So that's, we're wrapping it up today, you guys. And so. Even though we're wrapping it up, I encourage you guys to go back and re-listen to these episodes. I mean, they build on one another. There's unique revelation in each one. Why? Because love is the aim. Love is the purpose. Love is God. It is the point. And our purpose is to make love known. Our purpose is to partner with God so that love rules the world. It is our purpose, Father, to be, I mean, uh, you guys, to be known by our love. Jesus says that we will be known by our love, not known by our doctrine, not known by our holiness, not known by our separation from the world, not known by all of these things. But he says that we'll be famous. The body of Christ is destined to be famous for love. And I don't know about you guys, but we have work to do. We have work to do. For the most part, the church today is not known for love. If we're just honest, we're known for judgment. We're known for uh, criticism. We're known for self-righteousness, even if people don't know that's what it's called. But people inherently feel condemned. And, and I know when I grew up, I just even as a kid, I thought, man, these people are a bunch of hypocrites. You know, and then we, there's just so many things I could say about that, you guys, but being famous for love is our destiny and your purpose comes out of your true identity. And the work that we do in Emerge, you guys, is to wake you up to that. It's to help you detox from separation from God. This isn't a one and done revelation. This is a, a life revelation and it's a way of being and it's putting off the old and putting on the new. And so you guys, that is it. We're wrapping it up today. Love School has been a joy, you guys, to share with you. And I am super excited um, about what's coming next. It'll be announced here in the next few days. It's going to be amazing. But again, I love you all so much. And share this you know, series with your friends, with people. Help me get the word out uh, about the gospel to every single person that you know. And again, prayerfully consider partnering us with you guys because we're about to take this sucker even more global than it already is. Launch our YouTube channel and get this message of the love of God and the gospel out to as many, many people as we can. So love you so much. Have an amazing supernatural week and we'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.